It's inhuman. It's ghastly. It's the St. Kieran Files, the Darkwing Duck podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Russo and... Stan Lund. Happy New Year, Stan. Happy New Year, Mike. And uh, to how's... all our listeners, a Happy New Year as well. Yep, I hope everybody had a good New Year's. I know this is dropping a week later, but while we're recording this, it is New Year's Day. Um, what have you been up to the last couple of days, Stan? Uh, not too much. Trying to catch up on a bunch of YouTube I missed while I was at my mom's for Christmas. Okay. We de-Christmas today. We de-Christmased hard. Usually it's a process of like taking this down, then taking this down, then getting to the tree. Like today it was like, nope, it's all going down. Every single thing it does not look like Christmas in this house anymore. The holidays are over. Ah. But you know, it's not over is uh, Super DuckTales. Yep. So we are back with part three. What is the name of this episode, Stan? Full Metal Duck. That is a reference to something. That it is. It's a reference to Full Metal Jacket. And how many kids would have got that? Probably less now than back then. Yeah, and even back then, I think it'd maybe be 5%, if that. <laughs> I didn't know it. Okay, so we this is the middle. We're right in the middle of our story. Um, and, of course, we discussed uh, when this first aired. It, it aired in TV movie form, Easter Sunday, March 26, 1989. Aired as a separate episode several months later. Don't remember when. Um, written by Ken Koontz and David Weimers. Animated at Wang. And, yeah, that's all we need to know, because this is just another episode in our story arc. Uh, this one has less story. It's kind of um, a bit more laid back. A few major things happen, but it's basically Fenton getting used to being Gizmo Duck. Yep. Uh, so, but last week we ended on a pretty big cliffhanger, uh, which was did. what? What was our uh, cliffhanger for those who don't remember? The Gizmo Duck has to take out the GICU too. Yep, we did not mention uh, what the GICU-2 was a spoof of in terms of character design, did we? It's, I'm not sure if we did, but just in case, we should probably mention it. Which was, So what is he based on? He's based on Ed 209, I believe is the name. It's a uh, police enforcement robot from the RoboCop movies. Which, you know... Those had a bigger pop culture footprint in 1989 than they do now, obviously. Um, yeah. They were action figure lines for RoboCop, even though that was not a movie I'd show to a kid. And a cartoon uh, series, right? I'm pretty sure it was. Again, not a movie I'd show to a kid. Um, but it would have been fresh in the cultural zeitgeist in 1989. So that that tracks as far as what it's based on. What we didn't mention last week is the GICU-2's catchphrase. It's always going, hurt, maim, destroy. He says it over and over again. Um, and like we said, that's Hal Smith. I really listened to the voice this week. That's definitely Hal Smith. Because it sounds okay. like, an, you know what? It sounds like an angry robotic gyro. That's absolutely Smith. And it does make some sense. I mean, Gyro built the thing. It makes sense it would speak in a robotic version of his voice. It does make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
Now we have Gizmoduck versus the GICU2. That we do, but before we get into the episode, should we take a moment to mention what happened this week? Yeah, I guess we should, and it's going to be relevant for the episode, and if you've seen it, you'll know why. Um, What happened this week, Stan? Well, the world lost Barbara Walters. Mm, Yeah. Um, Yeah, very famous. Barbara Walters went, and... um, I don't have opinion on. I don't have really have an opinion on the woman one way or another. Um, I used to watch her as a kid because you know I only had a few channels and she was on every Friday night after TGIF, so I knew who she was. Um, but it's a kind of funny coincidentally that Weber Walters, her the parody character that ba- is based on Barbara Walters, is in this episode. Yeah. Now, so. Was it- so Weber's first appearance or no? No, she goes all the way back. She okay. first appeared in Sending the Clones, which is the first DuckTales episode to air on weekday afternoons. So she goes really far back. She didn't appear in DuckTales too much, um, but she's here. She did appear a couple of times on Darkwing Duck and she also appeared in a 2017 DuckTales episode too. Yep. So she, she actually ends up getting around as a character. Yeah. But we'll, we will mention her when we get to her. She shows up in the third act. So we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we've got Gizmo duck versus the GICU too. Um, walk us through this Stan. All right. So we're starting at the money bin that looks like a demilitarized war zone. And Fenton's, uh, or I should say Gizmo Duck, is telling the GICU to that he's going to be forced to use weapons that even the Pentagon is afraid of. And I like when GICU 2 goes, I see you. And then Gizmo Duck goes, Well, I see you too, GICU 2. <laughs> 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 yeah, so he does mention, he does make that mention of the power of the Pentagon. But what does he realize? That he no longer has his instruction book. (laughs) I hope you don't mind meeting here after lunch. (laughs) So yeah, Gizmoduck gets thrashed. Yeah. And um, he makes a comment. Is this where he says, um, have you ever considered putting this dime in a loafer instead? I believe so. Yeah, that's, you know, it's a riff on penny loafers, obviously. Ah. But I don't know how many kids now know what a penny loafer even is. But that's honestly, what that... I didn't. I didn't even get the. Oh, you, you, I think I just know too much pop culture through cartoons. That's how I know this stuff. Um, so Gizmo Duck has to improvise, and yep. um, so there's a scene here where he presses a couple of buttons and a little mega horn comes out, and then the GICU two brings out this huge speaker which blasts him at such volume and actually kind of shorts him out a bit. Uh, that yep. scene was not in the TV movie version. He goes from saying the Pentagon to GICU to becoming a wrecking ball. So that whole bit was cut, which was a shame because it's like one scene where the GICU two like super just unloads on Gizmo duck, like all his yeah. weapon, all his weaponry. And you get an idea of just how durable this armor actually is because he's left completely unscathed by it. Yeah, after 2,364 projectiles. 
but it's just the explosion animation is really well done here. Like, this is a great sequence. Yeah, definitely is. My favorite bit in this fight is the damsel in distress button, which is burned in my brain because this entire, like, I don't know, 15 seconds was in the preview of the TV movie on NBC. When they previewed this, like when I got my first, really my first look at Gizmo Duck, it was through this scene. So yeah. this whole bit was burned in my brain. So he, the damsel in distress button puts a wig and a pair of like googly eyes on his face. And he's like, you wouldn't dare hit a lady, would you? And the, uh, the wrecking ball smashes him. He gets up and he has like an additional little thing with glasses that goes over the face. He goes, and all right. And a fake nose. He goes, all right. How about a lady wearing glasses? Bam again. And he's like, how about her? Bam, one more time. So he's getting really, again, he's getting thrashed by this robot. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and then he's like, he says to Scrooge, I'm, I don't suppose I have some vacation time coming. And Scrooge goes, not on my payroll, you don't. Not on my payroll, yep. Okay, so how, you can tell, you can tell us, Stan, how does Gizmoduck defeat this guy? So he presses all of his buttons, which mm -hmm. inflates him up like a balloon. He's then hit with the wrecking ball, which rockets him around, where he then comes back down and collides with the wrecking ball, G-I-C-U-2, destroying it. Yes, and he turns into a pipe organ. Um, a pipe organ? I thought it was like one, one of them carnival rides. It's kind of it's kind of both. Like it has like it's got like calliope music kind of. Um, yeah, maybe it is. Um, either way, he's destroyed the thing. Yeah. And yeah, pushing all his buttons is a devastating, you know, a devastating attack. One he does not like. There is a later episode where um, he can't put the suit on because everyone would see, and Mama Crackshell's wearing it. And she doesn't know how to she doesn't know how to use it. And this giant robot praying mantis. The episode is called "The Duck Who Knew Too Much," and the robot praying mantis has got Mama Crackshell by the tire. And she's like, "Fenton, what do I do? Put the suit on." He goes, "I can't. Push all your buttons." And Mama Crackshell goes, "I don't want to. You always told me that hurts." <laughs> <laughs> and then it Fenton does goes, come in useful though. He goes, "But isn't motherhood about suffering?" <laughs> and then she she presses the buttons and the same thing happens and she blows up the mantis robot. We're not going to talk about that episode, uh, but yeah, this does come back and in this story too. The pushing all the buttons things does come back. Um, so yeah, Scrooge is really impressed, and he gives Gizmo Duck the job. Yeah, and Gizmo Duck celebrates this with flags and fireworks. Yeah. Do 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 do. And then Scrooge asked how to get a hold of him. And did you take down what Gizmoduck's phone number is? You know I did. Of course. Yep. He tells him to dial 555-GZMO. This phony elbow was more phone than elbow. <laughs> yeah. So he leaves. He's, he's laughing. I'm a metal somebody. And Scrooge is like, don't I know that voice? Um, Scrooge never actually figures it out, though. Not in this episode. No, not in this one, at least. So Fenton comes home, still wearing the suit. And uh, Ma Crackshell is still watching her soap operas. Um, Did you notice the person on TV resembles somebody else we yeah, know she from looks a, a lot show? like show? She looks a lot like Morgana. 
Um, yeah. But this is actually a woman who is actually a stock character from other DuckTales episodes. Um, ah. She was um, the episode Curse of Castle McDuck. She was like a movie star who was staying at the castle. And um, no, it was Hotel Strange Duck. Sorry. To okay, I was going to similar... say, I've seen Curse of Castle no, McDuck. No, this is, this is Hotel Strange Duck. She's like the Duchess. And they just used the character design as this soap opera woman. So, yeah, but she, the hair looks a lot like Morgana. You're right. Yeah. Not the uh, only uh, pseudo-Darkwing reference in this scene, either. What? Yes. Yes. So, Gizmoduck comes in, and, you know, he's like, Mama, look what I'm wearing. And she's like, did you join a heavy metal band? Um, but she doesn't care, because, you know, it's his mother. She doesn't care. But what's that other Darkwing Duck reference that comes up? So Gizmo Duck produces a vacuum cleaner out of himself and proceeds to vacuum up a bunch of Quacker Jacks. Ah, there is the name a couple of years beforehand, huh? Yep. I mean, we all know what Cracker Jacks are. Obviously, it's just a duck pun. But yeah. that name, that name has a bigger significance, doesn't it? Yep. So she's impressed by that. And again, you're good at this, Stan. Did you take down all the things he shows off? Yes, I did. Okay. The mop. So there's a mopomatic, a digital zucchini slicer, a turbocharged beet uh, flosser. Saucer. Flosser. 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 Okay. That would hurt. A, <laughs> yeah. A country twangin' toast timer. Nine o'clock. Your toast, toast burned. burned. Come on, tie Yippee yippee <laughs> That's like that's that that part is so burned into my brain. Um, yeah. So Fenton decides to go to bed, but discovers he can't get the suit off. No. Nope. Damn thing just won't come off. Nope. Crowbar doesn't work. Uh, Mama's makeup remover doesn't work. That's a scary thought. Her makeup remover is a jackhammer. I, I, what kind of makeup is that strong? She doesn't even wear makeup. <laughs> Did you catch the frame picture in Fenton's bedroom of his mother, like, Full full face in the frame, looking angry. That isn't a yes, face I, I want to wake. That's not a face I want to wake up to. Um, no. So the suit doesn't come loose, but her false teeth did. Yep. Ducks with teeth are really creepy, um, especially when they're false teeth. Uh, so she decides to just kick him out of the trailer. Yep, he's got to sleep in the carport tonight. And there was a scene, a bit of dialogue, I mean, that was added to the TV movie version where she says, I don't want tire marks on my sheets. Maybe that was meant to make it seem a little bit less mean. Like, maybe she has a reason for doing it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, his first night at Gizmoduck wasn't a very nice one, is it? Now, also, must, might I say, they have really good lighting at that trailer. Because at first I thought it was an error that it was you know, drawn as daytime, though it's supposed to be night, but then I realized it's just really well lit. <laughs> um, so the next the next day, Gizmoduck is doing is, you know, guard the bin, and the nephews show up. Yep. Yeah, they don't get a lot of screen time yet, but they're here. They want to yep. be the presidents of the Gizmoduck fan club. Well, luckily for them, Gizmoduck put all of his weapons away. <laughs> He apologizes for waking up on the wrong side of the Buick this morning. Yeah. Did you catch all the array of weapons he pulled out? 
There's a, I mean, there's some deadly weapons, but I know there's like a pie. A sk- I don't know if the skunk is in this scene, but I know I saw a lobster. A crab and a skunk are there. Okay. A baseball and a baseball bat. A turkey baser with a dart. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> you know, there's a slingshot, bow and arrow, rocket launcher, a gun. That wouldn't fly nowadays. And nope. a, what I'm calling a wallet bag. <laughs> you know, one of those like weird floppy things that you whack people with. I don't know the technical term. No, I, I have no idea what that's called either. Um, yeah, I mean, you only see it for like a second or two, but it was just long enough to catch a bunch of funny stuff there. Um, yeah. So yeah, he agrees. You know, he signs their autographs. He signs their the pictures of him too. And he's like, you know, I'm he goes, I'm a sure fan of anyone. He signs, I was just going to say, I'm sure he signed Gizmo Duck and not Fenton. I sure hope so. He goes. He goes. I'm a fan of anyone who's a fan of mine, and he 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 offers to take them home. Um, that scene of him driving down the street with them sitting on his shoulder is that was in the theme song. Yep. Really cool, like a little bit of animation of the two of them on it, of the three of them on his shoulders. It's cool. Um, a Ducktales character makes a cameo here for the only time since the first season. Uh, we are never going to see this guy again if we're watching DuckTales in chronological order. Who do we see? We see Doofus Drake. And of course, this is old DuckTales, so it isn't the the creepy, gamimama-loving DuckTales uh, Doofus <laughs> that we're familiar with from that show, who was yeah, really creepy. thank God. This is just a fat little woodchuck with an obsession with Launchpad. Um, but yeah, he has no dialogue, so they didn't have to pay Brian Cummings anything. His one little scene is he jumps on the edge of a teeter-totter and the kid on the other side is thrown into a tree. And one of the nephews goes, Super Buns did it again. So um, Gizmoduck saves the kid and tells him next time he goes into teeter-totter, make sure to wear his seatbelt. And the kid goes, I love how the kid looks at it and it's like, what seatbelt? Yeah. That this scene was not in the TV movie version, so I was not familiar with it for a long time before I saw it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this, this doofus. Um, but you don't, you don't ever see him on the show again. He, he gets completely written out. Um, so Gizmoduck drops the kids off at the mansion. And he says, yep. um, what's he say? Brush your teeth between meals. Don't sash your elders. And never wear your jammies in a bubble bath. Yep. He also uses what I believe is the first utterance of the line, Gizmo Buddies. That's going to become a thing. Yeah, he's always going to call the kids Gizmo Buddies. So the kids love Gizmo Duck, but who doesn't love him? The Beagles. Yeah, they're really mad, and we go into their hideout, and this is the only time, really the only time in the whole series, we see all seven of them together. All seven Beagle Boys, the main Beagle Boys are together. So you know you got Big Time, Baggy, Bouncer, and Burger, but you also got Bank Job, Babyface, and Bugle. Um, They're hatching a plan to beat Gizmo Duck. Yep. I wonder what that plan's going to be. Well, um, we won't find out quite yet. No, because Fenton comes home with the good news that he has his own fan club, and he's really excited. And Mama Crackshell's watching Lottery, and she's aggravated at him. She wants him to get out of the way. But what happens when she relents and shuts off the TV with the remote control? It uh, makes the gizmo suit disassemble from Fenton. I mean, not just disassemble into the pieces that originally, like, it explodes into, like, a million pieces. 
Yeah. And and his butt ends up stuck in the tire. <laughs> and he's excited until the phone rings. And at first he picks up the house phone, and it turns out it's his elbow phone. So he has to get into character pretty quick. And um, who is it on the other line? Scrooge. What does he tell him? He wants him to meet him at the statue of Duckburg because the Beagle Boys are causing trouble once again. And Fenton goes, Beagle Boys, not them again. <laughs> and then, we you know, we go to a commercial break as he's frantically trying to put pieces of the suit back on. Um, very fruitlessly. It's not going to go on that way. Uh, right. After the commercial break, we are in Duckburg Harbor, where I did not know that Duckworth had a, had a boat license. Um, but he is um, using Scrooge's little boat to drive Scrooge and Beakley's with them to the statue of Duckburg, where they meet up with the chief of police. So what's going on at the statue of Duckburg? The beagles are barricaded inside with hostages, which include the nephews. Right. They were there for a visit, Beakley says. And they tell him to give him the money bin or it's going to get ugly. How ugly? Torture by bagpipes. I didn't know Burger could play the bagpipes. Neither did I. And um, everybody's like horrified, except Scrooge, who loves bagpipe music. He recognizes the yeah. tune. What was the tune, Mike? My Philly of the Firthal Fourth or something like that. Did I say it correctly? Okay, I, I hope so. I only was able to figure out the My Philly of the part. I couldn't quite understand. And unfortunately, the subtitles for Disney Plus are absolutely useless. <laughs> well, he says, I know that Bonnie tune anywhere. Um. So, yeah, Gizmodok has to get there, you know, but he's kind of stuck. Um, so he's trying to, uh, so what happens next? Well, they start trying different channels. They try channel five, which is playing. Um, it's playing Gilligander's Island. It's playing on like the TV in the chest of the, uh, the costume. So yeah, Gilligander's Island. Um, I guess it's the first dry run for what we're going to know as Pelican's Island. Yep. It's, it would have been really then, funny if they had called it Pelican's Island even then. But no, Gilligander's yeah. Island. He flips through a few more channels, and I don't know if they had to license this unless the movie's in public domain. Did you hear what's playing on the TV? Well, Channel 7 sounded like it was some baseball game. Right, but the next channel is something super specific. Oh, well, I didn't recognize it. I just wrote that it's some drama. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. Yeah, the actual movie, It's a Wonderful Life. He's okay. like, hey, don't you hear it, Mary? It's great. I'm going to jail. That's from the end of the movie. Ah. So I've I don't know if they had a license it. Or it's, yeah, it's a, you know, I haven't seen it in years, but you should at least watch it once to say you have. I mean, unless you don't want to. I can't force you. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So And then the one after that, it sounds like some sort of news broadcast, right? I think so and after that they're desperate so they try pbs <laughs> we do cut back to the uh, statue of duckburg where a woman tries to commit suicide by jumping she's Wait, like i'd rather uh, jump you, you uh skipped a little bit there what part did i skip well trying doodads on the oh suit. shoot yeah i did <laughs> skip that um 
yeah, well, yeah, I'm only human. Um, so they were trying to do dads and doohickeys on the suit, she says. The first one they try blows a hole in the ceiling, and it was yep. good imitation paneling. Mob, crack shell isn't happy. And yeah. the next one does what? The next one is a finger gun that blows up the TV, which is too bad because it's almost time for the Ducks of Hazard. Blather and blather, Skite, she says. And then the suit jumps on her and she goes, I'm not sleeping in the carport. Yep. And that's when we cut back to the statue and a woman tries to jump. She's like, I'd rather jump. And they pull her back in. Yeah. And Scrooge is like, where is Gizmo? And it's funny when Scrooge first gets there. Um, oh, no, that happens later. I'm sorry. Forget that. Um, and so Fenton's like, it must have been something you said. Some sort of secret word. So he hits the remote. The suit pops off my crack shell. And he's going through everything she said. He's like, um, ducks of hazard. Now look what you've done. And then what oh, does he say? Oh, blathering blatherskite. And then it jumps all over him. And she's like, how could a stupid word like blather? And he, he's like, don't say it. And he's still having trouble with reverse, as Launchpad would with the rat catcher, funny enough. Because he drives backward through a wall once again. Yep. Then he shows up at the statue of Duckburg. And Scrooge goes, Gizmo Duck's here. And the chief of police goes, who? <laughs> yeah. He hasn't made a name for himself just yet. So what is Gizmo Duck's plot to stop the Beagle Boys? Well, his plan to stop the bagpipe-blowing Beagle Bamboozlers... Save the adjectives for later, Gizmo Duck. <laughs> ...consists of two giant scoops of ice cream and chocolate topping. Boy, I wonder who that's supposed to aim at. <laughs> yeah, so Burger notices it and is so excited he jumps right through the glass window. <laughs> yeah, they, they dump the ice cream and toppings on the statue's torch, by the way. The music in this scene is really great. I love the music here. Very heroic. Yeah, dialogue's pretty good, too. Don't fall for those dips, you dip! Yeah, so Burger like climbs up the arm of the statue trying to get to the, the ice cream. Baggy and Big Time try to stop him, but they slip on the ice cream and they fall off the statue all the way to the ground. What breaks their fall? Yep. A water fountain. Yeah, and the water comes out of their mouths and ears. And cute little visual. That fall should have yep. killed them, but whatever. <laughs> it's cartoon physics. Yeah. So Gizmo Duck becomes... The big hero in Duckburg. I almost said St. Canard. <laughs> he becomes a big <laughs> well, hero he'll in be town. a big hero there, too. Eventually, yeah. Uh, the mayor gives him a Super Sleuth Award, which magnetically sticks to his chest. Oh, it's and a Duckburg all... Stainless Steel Super Sleuth Award. Yes, and all the women of Duckburg, they want Gizmo Duck. Um, but who does he only have eyes for? Gandra D is the one for me. She drives by in her pink uh, con pink convertible, but he's too swarmed by everybody else to really get over to her. So that's, he's kind of upset by that. But, you know, one day maybe. And we also see a quick scene of the nephews passing out uh, memberships to the Gizmoduck fan club. Um, a brief there signing autographs. A brief little bit that was not in the TV movie version. I never actually saw that until later. Um, so what happens next? 
Well, next we go back to Ma Beagle's house, who's watching a thing about some robbers being stopped by Gizmo Duck. Mm-hmm. And she's all upset because she's got to, you know, get a bunch of uh, ingredients to make, you know, pies to get all of her sons out of jail again. Yep. And when she picks but, up the shopping bags off the back seat. She finds the Gizmo Duck instruction book. How to be a Gizmo Duck in six easy lessons, it says. And she goes, this now is a that's recipe a re- book. I- yep. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, this is a recipe book I can get behind. Yes, and it ends the we had commercial break ends with her her laughing. June Foray just kicks all sorts of ass in this episode. In this all yeah. these episodes. She's great. Really great. Um okay, so after commercial break, we meet a new Beagle Boy. If you were curious if this guy ever showed up before, he's only in this episode and the next part. He was created just for this. Um, who is this new Beagle Boy? Megabyte Beagle. Yeah, so Megabyte Beagle wears a you know mortarboard on his head. He has a polka dotted uh, bow tie. I believe he has suspenders. I'm not sure. But he does have a big pair of glasses too. So he's you know he's drawn like a stereotypical nerd with the basic Beagle Boy outfit too. He has his prison numbers are a complicated math equation. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Well, it's not the usual 176s. It's like just, it probably is just random, but it's like, it's got like math symbols all over it. Um, So what did Ma send her smartest son? So the, uh, the pie that she sent him is lemon meringue with wire cutters and a tuning fork. Yep. And luckily his cellmate has braces. So yep. he's going to tie the a PA system to the tuning fork and yep. strike and it on bra- his Yeah, it's going to strike it on his braces. Yep. Which what does what does that do? It's going to create a frequency to open the cell doors. But yep. this also starts a recurring joke. Say it in beagle talk. Yes, he goes through this very long explanation that confuses his cellmate who goes, say it in Beagle talk. And then Megabyte goes, out of here. and that's when you can tell that's Frank Welker. Because when he talks like that, he sounds just like big time. Um, yeah, so we all, I also, we both noticed that um, one of the um, prisoners in the, um, the jail, if you know your DuckTales episodes, it's um, Mad Dog McGurk. He was Scrooge's cellmate from the Duckman of Alcatraz. In that episode, they broke out of jail together, and I believe he went straight. I guess that did not last. Because here he is, back in jail. Obviously, just reused the character model, because, you know, we need, we need prisoners yeah. for jail. There's this guy. Let's put him in. But if you know your DuckTales episodes, you recognize him right away. Yeah. Um, so a huge prison breakout, and Megabyte goes back to the cabin. And Ma Ma Beagle asks him, you know, can you do it? And what does he tell her? Well, he goes into a bunch of jargon again, which I didn't actually write down. But thankfully, we get it in Beagle talk. We got it made in the shade. Yeah, their plan is to hijack Gizmoduck's controls. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I love that. We got it made in the shade. (laughs) Um, So this next scene... Um, um, was another one of those? Hmm? 
one more thing from the previous scene before we move on, though. Yep, I love Mob Beagle's line. College was worth every dollar I stole. Yep. Um, so the next scene was not in the TV movie version. It's the second most significant cut from that version of it. Um, in the end, it's really kind of padding, but I think it's significant because it's really, this scene is really Fenton's last moment of freedom in this story before everything goes to hell for him. Yeah. And I think it's significant that he wakes up and he has a moment with his mother. He, you know, she's like, I never spend time with you anymore. He's like, you never wanted to spend time with me before. She's like, you never had a TV in your chest before. Because, you know, their TV is still busted and she's been watching yeah. the TV on the suit. And what then is he makes, she watching on the suit? What is she watching on the suit? She mentions it, but I don't remember what it was. Let's make a squeal. Ah, so that let's make a deal. And that, that game show keeps coming back. It's, it never quite goes away. Um, and yeah, he puts the suit on. He's wearing one-piece PJs. He's his red, you know, his red onesie, his red, actually his red thermals, basically. Which for some somehow he's not wearing that when the suit finally does come off from two two episodes from now, but that's yeah. really that's really nitpicky. Um, but once the armor goes on, he makes this big deal about how important he is. Again, in about a half an hour, his whole life is going to crap, and it's yeah. significant. It's like he's he's at the top of his game right now. He is he's he is on a high right now. Fenton's riding a high. Everything's going right for him. And you have to build somebody really far up before you knock them down. And I think this scene illustrates just how confident Fenton is at the moment. And it's a good, it's a good scene to have in the episode. It's the last time he's going to see his mother, too, for a while. Um, but as he goes to leave the trailer, what happens? His batteries die. Because I, I guess happened? Mama shouldn't. I guess Mama shouldn't have watched the late late show on the Gizmo TV last night. But she comes to his rescue by doing what? She hooks the Gizmo suit to a car battery and jump starts it. Good animation here. You actually see Fenton's skeleton inside the suit. And funnily so. enough, this is not the last time this will happen to Gizmo because this does eventually get done again in a Disney Adventures Darkwing Duck comic called What's the Problem? Oh, they, they charge him with a car battery in that, too? Yep. Mm, okay, that's pretty cool. So he says goodbye to her, and he leaves to get ready for an interview uh, with who? With Weber Walters. And, of course, Scrooge is there, too. Yeah. Um, and, of course... Watching this interview at their cabin is Mob Eagle and Megabyte, and they have created a Gizmoduck remote control, which looks a lot like an NES Advantage. Yeah. Very much like an old school NES joystick. Uh, I never had one of those, but, you know, it definitely that's what it looks like. It's modeled after. Um, so first he shows off one of his weapons, and Weber Walters is very impressed by it. Ooh, very impressive. And that's her. That was her shtick. She, you know, she did the all Elmer Fudd thing with her R's. Um, yeah. But then Megabyte starts to screw with his controls. That and this yeah. isn't going well. What happened, Stan? 
Well, first, instead of using the boomerang bazooka, he uses what appears to be some sort of sprinkler system instead. And soaks Scrooge and Weber up. Yep. Then he uh, almost uses a flamethrower on them. Thankfully, they skedaddle out of the chairs before he fries them to a crisp. And Megabyte says, um, watch me give that hot shot a hot seat. And Scrooge is like, it's just a wee joke. After all, he is the toast of Duckburg. He's trying so hard to save face. Yeah. And then Gizmo Duck comes into frame with his propeller spinning like crazy. And Scrooge is like, where are you going? And Gizmo Duck is like, wish I knew, sir. Bye bye. And he flies away. <laughs> yeah. And Weber Walters quits. <laughs> yeah, though she'll be back. She does come back. Um. I, I think she comes back in a later DuckTales episode. And if she I, doesn't, she shows up in a couple of Darkwings. Um, yeah. She actually shows up in Up, Up, and Awry, where she does interview Gizmoduck again. And then she shows up in Quiverwing Quack, where she interviews Goslin. So, yeah, she she pops up. She's not totally gone. Wasn't uh, there a third Darkwing episode she was in? She might be, but those are the only two that come to mind. There could be one where, she, where she's just, you know, on the TV they're watching. But I think I mentioned the two most significant ones. And if anybody wants to go check out the 2017 DuckTales episode she's in, it's one of the very last ones, The Life and Crimes of Scrooge McDuck, in a flashback set in the 80s where um, she's interviewing Glomgold. And she's there specifically because that flashback was from the 80s. So they felt that'd be cool to have her there. That's direct from the art book. More reason right. to buy it, guys. Um, also, so, and, while, we're, while we're on Webra, do, do you want to mention her voice actress? or? I'm pretty sure that's Joan Gerber. Yeah. Who we did not mention yet because she's also a Mrs. Beakley, who was there earlier. Um, I'll get another... DuckTales character, DuckTales voice actor, I should say, who's passed away. Another one who passed away pretty early. Um, so Megabyte sends Gizmoduck on a little shopping spree. Yep. Tell us about Gizmoduck's crime spree, Stan. Well, he robs what looks to be like a shoe store, I think. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me, too. And then... And then an ATM, a gumball machine, a burger joint. And then he commits probably the crime that hurts him the most. Right. He, uh, Gandra D shows up in her car. Ma Beagle's yep. like, I always wanted a pink thunder duck. Let's borrow it permanently. And yeah, he picks her up out of the car, dumps her on the sidewalk, and lifts the car up over his head. And he's like, Gandra, do you know you've stolen my heart? And what does she say? Does that give you the right to steal my car? Yeah. And he's like, I know actions speak louder than words. And then as he's saying this, the gizmo suit like speeds off, but his head stays in the frame. So his neck is stretching. He's like, but it's not me who's doing this to you. I mean, it is, but it isn't. And that's when his head follows the rest of his body. Very Chuck Jones. Um, yeah. And so you, for anyone, for anyone wondering, the Thunder Duck is meant to be a Thunderbird, which is an old type of car. Yes. That just reminds me of the Futurama episode where they go to buy a Thunder Cougar Falconbird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he starts filling the cabin with all sorts of things she's having him steal, which includes a merry-go-round. Yep. That seems incredibly frivolous. 
But then um, finally, Mob Eagle stops, looks around, uh, and realizes, what am I wasting uh, hold, time with this for? Hold on. There is one other significant theft he pulls before that. Oh, he steals a grand piano. And some pearls from somebody. Yes. What's the name of this character? Uh, that Buffy is uh, Parvenu? Buffy Parvenu. Yeah, the name is... I believe this character got her start in, what'd you say, it was Bubba Trubba? Yep. Yeah, there's a scene in that one where Mrs. Beakley takes Bubba to, like, a social to, like, turn him into a gentleman. And that goes, and that blows up in her face when the Beagle boys try to kidnap Tootsie. And Bubba, like, destroys the place. And then Mrs. Beakley gets kicked out of the kicked out of the club. And I believe this is the same character design. Um, so yeah, Gizmoduck steals the piano, robs her pearls, and then after a few more thefts, Mob Eagle realized, what am I wasting the time with loose change? Let's go after the Megabucks. We know what she's yeah. after, don't we? Oh yeah. So, so we cut to the mansion, um, where, what do we see? Well, there's a protest against Gizmoduck happening outside. Save Duckburg, stop Gizmoduck. And um, Scrooge is like, you know, he's in his study. He's complaining, you know, Gizmoduck's a monster. Who knows what else he can do? And then right after he says that, what happens? Gizmoduck bursts through the wall. And Duckworth gets his big moment in this story arc. What What does Duckworth do? He slaps him across the face with his glove, which is, as some people may know, is the old timey uh, way of challenging someone to a duel. He goes, my sentiments exactly, you robotic ruffian. And yeah, he slaps him right across the face. Um, And then, you know, Gizmodux goes, please forgive me, Mr. McDuck. And you see him advance on them. And we fade to the next scene. Uh, There is one line I love from that scene, though. What are you doing? I'm not sure, but we'll find out, sir. I love how his voice is changing depending on, like, how the suit's gyrating. And it's like really well done. He's like, I don't know, sir, but we'll find out in a minute. Uh, He's totally resigned to the fact he's not in control here. Um, Yeah. So the nephews come home and they suspect something's up with Gizmo Duck. They even say it's like someone else is pushing his buttons or something. Uh, They come into the mansion. They find Scrooge and Duckworth tied up and they untie them. And Scrooge is like, that good for nothing Gizmo Duck. Look what he did. And they said, well, why did he tie you up? And Scrooge goes, he wants something. And then what do we see in the next shot? We see that Gizmo Duck is driving the money bin away, and he's bringing it right to Ma Beagles. He goes, Mama was right. I should have stuck with bean counting. And I love how the shot starts with just him in the tractor, and it slowly pulls back to reveal the money bin, as if we didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, And the ending is just great. Mama Beagle's at her doorstep and she's like, come on, come money bin. Mama. Come to mama. And great, great cliffhanger ending. Uh, this is, and of course we get our next time on DuckTales thing, you know, that all these end with. Um, but um, okay, so that was part three. Uh, Full Metal Duck. Stan, what would you rate this one? I would give this one another four. Okay. You know, once again, great dialogue, great action. The characters are all top-notch. 
Anything else? I'm trying to think if there's more I want to elaborate on there. Were you giving it a four uh, or a five? A four. Oh, a four. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it a five. This will be my first five. I'm giving it five dimes. So I'm giving it 50 cents. I think everybody, everything about this one works. Um, the fight with the GICU2 is a really great introduction to how powerful Gizmoduck is, whether he has the instruction book or not. Um, all the stuff at, in the trailer with the suit trying to get it off and trying to get it on um, is really fantastic, too. It's nice seeing him at, the, at his highest before he gets knocked down a peg. Um, just a lot of great stuff. I think it's a really great middle part of this story. So, yeah, this one gets my first five. I'm giving it 50 cents. All right. So, yeah, and so next week is... Hold on. We do have a villain to rate this time. Yeah, we might as well do a villain. Uh, who are we rating? The GICU2. I love this robot. It's so cool. <laughs> it is. I love the design. I love the voice. You know, it has the perfect air of menace to it. It does. I, and it, but, it, but it still looks kind of goofy. Yeah. You know? It's got that DuckTales goofiness to it, but it still is threatening. So what would you rate him? I'm going to give him uh, four dimes. I'll give him 40 cents because um, he isn't like top tier, but the design is cool. The voice is cool. He's very powerful. I love that it transforms. And the fight with Gizmoduck is very memorable. Uh, what would you give All him? Right. I actually am giving him the same score for pretty much the same reasons you've listed. Great. I think and that the, I love the design. I, I think he's, you know, a true, a pretty good threatening villain, but still has that air of goofiness that you do expect from DuckTales. Yeah. You know, not, not top tier like some villains, but a very memorable villain for sure. And I say a lot of uh, Gyro's inventions in this series do stand up. A lot of them are really great. Um, you know, Gizmoduck is a big one, but you still have this robot. You have the Millennium Shortcut Time Machine. You have Armstrong, the Time Tub, the Time, tub, the time Teaser, Armstrong, the giant construction robots, the Golden Condor from the Golden Suns, Little Bulb, obviously. I mean, we, I could just keep naming gyro inventions. You got the the, the Flubble Gum from a different fencing episode. You've got the Multiphonic Duplicator. Did you ever see that episode? I'm not sure. He he invents a ray gun that multiplies things. So the kids multiply money that multiplies whenever it hears a bell. And all of a sudden, Duckburg is overrun with money. It makes the inflation skyrockets. It's a great, it's a great episode. And and again, and it's the the main reason things go out of control is because of Fenton. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> it's a really funny episode. A lot of the later episodes are really great, especially if Fenton's in them. Um. But, okay, so next week we have part four, less Gizmoduck, a lot more Gizmo, uh, Beagle Boys. This one is called the Billionaire Beagle Boys Club. Uh, another good one, but we'll tackle that one next week. Um, Stan, any shout-outs or uh, plugs before we go? Uh, once again, I don't believe I have any shout-outs I can think of. Uh, plug my two YouTube channels again, though, DMC Jedi Man, DMC Jedi Man Gaming. You got any shout-outs or plugs, Mike? Eh, no. I just want to wish everybody a happy new year again. Let's hope it's a good one. And Hopefully. uh Yeah. And okay, okay, I guess that's it for tonight. 
Um, until next week, guys, when we talk about Billionaire Beagle Boys Club, everybody stay dangerous. Uh, you didn't mention the uh, where they can find us. Eh, I think by now they all know, but if I really have to do it again, <laughs> uh, every podcast app and YouTube, I think by now, you people who are sticking with us after three and a half years, I think you guys know the drill by now. But I will keep Probably. mentioning it. Thank you for the reminder, but I'm just happy we are everywhere. It's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, I wish you were on Spotify or why can't you be on this? We're everywhere, which is good. Um, yeah. So until next week, guys, stay dangerous. And if you do need to get in touch with us, call us. Uh, 555-GZMO. This phony elbow is more phone than elbow. Stay dangerous, everyone. Have a good night.